1: Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on Wake Up Call D T your one stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wake call DT. Hope you're all doing well this morning and a very good morning to each and every single one of you. I can't believe it's Thursday already. How is it Thursday? It's Thursday of this week. We're in November. I'd love to say that we could do some no shave November, but if I did no shave November, I'd look like I'd look like Moses. So I can't do no shave November because I think I'd scare Jim Bayheim at all of the press conferences. So I'm not gonna do that. It's not gonna happen, but it does give me an excuse if I don't wanna shave. For like a week or something like that, but I can't do like as long as everybody else does because, you know, somebody doesn't shave and they're going to look somewhat possibly potentially normal where I'm not. That's not going to happen. I'm not going to, I'm going to look, I'm going to look like scary. So, I'm not doing no-shave November, but I am enjoying November, and I hope you are, too, here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on DT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash DT Every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. a.m. Eastern time, we get it done. We do it the right way here on the live streaming internet radio that you can hear anywhere in Central and Upstate New York, up and down the East Coast, the Midwest, the West Coast, and in and out of this country. So, thank you for tuning in. And if aliens exist and they have Wi Fi, they can probably hear this show too this morning. So, college football talk this morning, Papa Joe's picks. That's how we start off every Thursday show with. Papa Joe. So we're very excited about that. PJ is going to be up in just a second. And in the second hour of the show, the Fantasy Football Power Hour, proudly presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, the place you should be watching every NFL game and every game in general. And just going there for the food, the atmosphere, and the great people. And also brought to you by the Penn and Trophy Center if you need to have anything made from from pens to desktop Uh, kind of materials and different things for your business, to plaques, to the employee of the month, to having something engraved for a wedding or an anniversary or birthday party, to doing what we do in our Fantasy Football Trophies, our Mini Lombardi and our Toilet Bowl Last Place Trophy. We do it all at the Penn & Trophy Center. You can find it in East Syracuse, at its new location, right across from BJ's. And uh, you can also go to trophy.com They're on 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse. So that's coming up in the second hour with Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame, fantasyfootball.com. But before we get there, we must go here, and that is with papa joe and so papa joe how are we doing this morning good
2: morning daniel everything's fine how's it going up there
1: going very well and dare i say it that the sun is out so maybe it's 47 but (laughs) it's sunny yeah
2: yeah don't worry it'll get down to 30 in a heartbeat
1: yeah apparently so let me see right here i'm gonna i'm gonna do this this morning so it is 42 in syracuse and here's the fun thing so Saturday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, the forecast for each of those has a snowflake in it. So we could see snow this Saturday, which would be wonderful because I have a game that I have to do outside. But it's, So it's supposed to get no warmer than 44 degrees for the next seven days. Better
2: bundle up, bro.
1: <laughs> That's the beauty of being able to work for yourself. I don't know if I have any desire to go outside, so maybe I don't. Maybe I just maybe I go to Chick Fil A through an underground tunnel that I dig for myself. So it it'll be very exciting and very fun. Papa Joe, uh, I get to do a show every single month uh, with Chick Fil A Cicero, and I partnered with them, and I love working with Chick Fil A. You and I are big Chick Fil A fans, so before we get to college football talk, what is your go-to Chick Fil A meal?
2: Well, I usually get two sandwiches, and I don't get any French fries because I steal them from Mary. She gets a meal, and I get two sandwiches with lemonade.
1: So you get the two sandwiches with the lemonade. Is it? Are you using any sauce, or is it just totally bland?
2: No, totally bland. I just I love the way they do it. I love their formula. It, it's delicious. The meat is tender. Uh, I love it. I love it.
1: Now, coming from Papa Joe. Regular, regular uh, chicken sandwich at Chick Fil A, and stealing fries from your significant other, which <laughs> that's right, that's right. <laughs> which normally that's like a that's like a no no. That's a taboo Italian thing to do. I think if you steal from an from another, if you okay, if you steal from an Italian's plate, they have every right to to stab your hand with a fork. So you you kind of I mean you. You've been okay though, Mary. Mary hasn't hasn't forked your hand yet, has she?
2: No, not really. But you know, going back to the old days when uh, the Hammurabi Code was uh, instilled, uh, eye for an eye, a tooth for tooth, or an arm for an arm. If you were caught stealing, you got your hands chopped off.
1: So hopefully that won't happen to you the next time you go to Chick Fil A. <laughs> Papa Joe with us this morning speaking about college football. We got a lot to get into. Uh, the second week of the college football playoff rankings are out. A lot of things going on with Syracuse, Notre Dame in in the mix here, the Big 10 getting some respect. So, a lot of different topics. I'm going to open the floor to you though. What is what is kind of, you know, maybe fresh and 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 at the at the forefront of your mind right now is is there a topic that's really been weighing on you or that you've been thinking about this week?
2: Uh, not really. I, uh, I looked at the results last week and watched a few of the games. I was pretty impressed with the way Michigan dispatched Penn State rather easily. So I'm thinking to myself that probably the winner of Ohio State-Michigan is probably going to be granted uh, a waiver into the uh, into the final four. So, you know, you got Alabama and Clemson for sure, maybe Michigan, maybe Ohio State, the winner of that game. And then there's always uh, the debate about whether Notre Dame- should even be considered. Uh, I don't, but maybe you do. Um, I look at other teams like Oklahoma's playing real hard and fast, but they don't have much of a defense. The same with Washington State, where Coach Leach runs up and down the field over there. So, you know, you're talking about defense, offense, you know, just running up the score, whatever, you know. Those teams are going to be exciting to watch in the next couple of weeks, but. I think we're pretty well certain that Alabama, Clemson, either Ohio State and Michigan, and then and, and also, also ran probably maybe Notre Dame or maybe someone else. I look for Notre Dame to have a tough fight with Florida State this weekend. Uh, I know I've been on Florida State's bandwagon for a while, even though I'm a Gator. Uh, I, I, can't, I don't understand the way they're playing. I, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't get what uh, the coach is doing down there they are certainly a much better team than what they've shown. Uh, and if they go up to Notre Dame and get blown out, uh, Coach Taggart and his boys could be in for a real, 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 real long summertime.
1: And, you know, we look at kind of going off of what you said and, and where things are at right now. Michigan snuck into the top four. They were five, and they went into number four. Agree or disagree with the the situation that occurred where if we go back and we look at the rankings for the college football playoff the first week, if we go back and we look at that, it'll show that LSU was third. So Alabama won, Clemson two, Notre Dame four, and LSU was three. LSU played Alabama, the number one team in the nation, for forever. They stay up there. They don't get moved out of there. So LSU loses to Alabama, and they go from – third in the college football playoff rankings they dropped them from third to seventh agree or disagree that lsu should have dropped four spots after losing to the best team in the nation
2: no i think they needed to drop more than that it's quite evident that even even florida beating a a weak as i say weaker florida team beat lsu at, at the swamp uh certainly the beating that Alabama gave them uh, certainly should uh, reflect that El- that Georgia should drop much much lower than that. Uh, I, I don't get it. you know they got two they got two losses. They're not going to go anywhere. They're probably going to get a, a big bowl uh, bid, but you know they don't deserve to be in the top 10 under that. Alabama really really put it to them. That was a good game to watch.
1: And doing what? So you think LSU should drop a little bit farther? There's been some respect here. Speaking with Papa Joe in College Football Talk this morning, and every Thursday morning on Wake Up Call Dance Tour, we have Papa J to start off the show. Michigan and Ohio State uh, showing getting some love. Ohio State is number ten in the College Football Playoff rankings. Michigan is number four. Michigan lost their first game at Notre Dame, twenty-four to seventeen. They have not lost since. They are on an eight-game winning streak they play at Rutgers who is a an atrocious program in the Big Ten I think people still don't even know they're in the Big Ten because they've never been relevant there and then they play Indiana and Indiana's got my guy Stevie Scott from CBA shout out to him so but so they're playing two unranked teams they're supposed to handle and then they're at Ohio State where do you see things shaking out with Michigan I would anticipate and this is from the outside, looking in, obviously, and I gotta play every week, but let's say Rutgers, Indiana, so now the team is ten and one and they go and they play at Ohio State. If Michigan tough- if, if, if Michigan wins, if Michigan goes eleven and one before the Big Ten championship game, is it a no brainer for you that they're gonna be in the college football playoff? If they if they win out for the regular season and they defeat Hey, I mean, obviously if they lose the Rutgers or Indiana, they got to drop from like 4 to 11, you know, substantially. But if they beat them both and then they beat Ohio State, is there any question that Michigan would be in the top four?
2: Uh, that's marginal. That's marginal. Uh, right now I think they do. Um, I don't know who they would play in the, the Big Ten championship, but they certainly proved to me after their loss to Notre Dame at the beginning of the year. That Coach Harbaugh uh, is another one of these coaches that uses psychology to the best. He knows how to get the best out of his players. He knows how to talk to them, how not to talk to them, slap him upside the head, or give him a pat on the butt. You know, he knows he knows what he's doing, and uh, a lot of a lot of his team success uh, is due to the way Coach Harball Harbaugh uh, coaches. So right now, I would say I would I would let him in. Uh, certainly a a great effort on Michigan's part. and We don't get to see Michigan too much down here, Uh, but I I read a lot about it. Uh, If I had to choose between Michigan and Ohio State, I think I would probably choose Michigan right now.
1: Ohio State, that's the other side of the coin and the other piece of this thing. If Ohio State, if we look at the rest of Ohio State's schedule, so Ohio State is at Michigan State who's ranked, at Maryland, and then they play Michigan at home. So they got a little bit of a tougher road here. If they win out, they would be in this scenario eleven and one. So Ohio State beats Michigan. Let's say, and uh, let's say so Michigan's ten and one, and they go and they go to Ohio, and Ohio State defeats them. So they go eleven and one, and Michigan goes ten and two. Do you do you at that point say okay? Ohio State should be in now because they they were in the conversation and they lost one game to Purdue and they lost a, by a lot. They lost at Purdue 49-20. to 20. Purdue is unranked. I said Purdue was one of those danger games and obviously they were. So if they go 11-1, and one, do they take Michigan's spot in the top four?
2: Probably not. I think uh, Ohio State has just been playing on a wing and a prayer this year if it wasn't for their quarterback they lost a few other games certainly the loss to Purdue was a, a major setback for them uh, no I don't I don't look for Ohio State to be uh, anywhere near the conversation that Michigan is right now Michigan is playing the best in the Big Ten right now
1: so the Big Ten right now if it happened today the Big Ten championship would be Michigan versus Northwestern Michigan the leader of the East and a Northwestern, the leader of the West, if things flipped and it was Ohio State, we're looking at Ohio State, potentially Wisconsin in the mix, or Ohio State, Northwestern. The winner of the Big so let's say this. So the winner of the Big Ten championship, is that an automatic? Because you, th- you put Michigan above Ohio State. Let's say Ohio State plays in the Big Ten championship, Michigan does not, and they win it. At that point, is it a done deal for Ohio State?
2: No, I don't think so either. Uh, I don't. I, I don't. Know, I don't even know anything about uh, Northwestern. But uh, I know that I know that the this committee is trying to get a Big Ten team in there. But you certainly can't consider a team with two losses to be part of this equation. So, uh, Michigan, Ohio State is going to have to show me a lot more uh, than what they have in the past three or four weeks. I still say Michigan is is heading shoulders above the breast. We're certainly going to find out in a couple of weeks when they go down to Ohio State. But I, I like Michigan in this in this scenario with the Big Ten. Uh, but keep in mind that even though you got to play conference championships and this and that and this and that, you're not going to be considered to be in the top four if you have two losses. So somewhere along the line, something's going to have to shake down. And if a Big Ten team is going to be in the top four, then that's going to be a Big Ten team with only one loss.
1: And so we have a one loss Ohio State and a one loss Michigan at this time and they will if they continue to win, they will find each other at the end of the regular season, and that'll probably just like the Big Ten has recently here, that'll you know, that last week, that last game will decide who's going to the Big Ten championship. We'll move from there. I agree with you that that I feel that the committee is is trying to get the Big Ten, into the college football playoff? Agree or disagree that the Big Ten is is deserving of that? And the Because it seems like the Big 12, they're not giving a lot of respect to, the Pac-12, eh, maybe a little bit, but it seems like the Big Ten is really a, a conference that the college football playoff committee wants to give a spot to in the college football playoff this year. Would you agree or disagree with that?
2: No, I disagree with that. Um, well, I do. I do sort of, and I don't sort of. Uh, the committee, you know, is, is looking at dollars and dollars and cents here. It's all, all it is, you know, TV ratings and everything. If they can get a Big Ten team in the, in the Final Four without ruffling too many feathers, they're going to probably try to do that. But, you know, you bring up the other conferences and you've got some really good football teams out there with only one loss that probably could go through their championship, their league championships with only one loss. Why shouldn't they be considered also? So, you know, it's... I, I don't know. I the the committee is so political that it's it's ridiculous sometimes the way they can surmise things. Uh, they are they are looking big time to try to get a Big Ten team in there, but uh, they I think they need to look outside the box too with some other one loss teams.
1: So we look outside the box here. We're speaking here with Papa Joe here on uh, here on Wake Up Call with answers to inside of Papa Joe's picks, college football talk, and you you know some of these other teams. Let's go to, because I'll get to the SEC in a second, but let's go to the Big 12, and I know that my I know that my buddy Jordan, who will be with me and is with me every Friday for Friday Morning Live, our live video and audio segment that you can watch on Facebook.com backslash Live Now DT, and of course, listen to, as you do every Monday through Friday, on MixLR.com backslash Wake Up Call DT. So, he likes the Big 12, and, he, and, and that's always a conversation that he brings up. So Oklahoma and West Virginia are both in the top 10 in the college football playoff rankings. They both have one loss. Oklahoma's 8-1. and one. West Virginia is 7-1. and one. So what do you think about... Let's go to Oklahoma first. So Oklahoma defeated FAU, UCLA, Iowa State, all unranked. Army, Baylor, all unranked. Lost to Texas which was uh, at home, 19th ranked in the country at the time, defeated TCU at TCU, Kansas State, and at Texas Tech. Oklahoma does not have a single game win this season over a top 25 ranked team. They will not play another top 25 ranked team until the last week of the season at West Virginia. So, thoughts on, on, on this scenario. Has Oklahoma done enough? Because they're ranked sixth right now, but they... They lost to the only ranked team that they played, and they'll only play one more ranked team, which is West Virginia. So, thoughts on Oklahoma and if they would deserve a spot, knowing that their schedule has not been against the top 25?
2: Well, Oklahoma is in a unique situation where they have one of the best athletes in the country playing football for them, and that's Kyler Murray. So, uh, with that being said, he's exciting to watch, and if if he can put up 400 yards a game, I'm looking at the, the... the committee to say, well, you know, let's consider Oklahoma because even though they have a weaker schedule, they got a dynamic football player, and people are going to turn in and watch it. So um, the only reason that they're going to be considered is because of the way Kyler Murray is playing. Another quarterback in that situation, they probably barely would be a 500 team. So uh, they're looking strong. They should be considered, uh, despite their record, because of their quarterback.
1: So you look at the, the quarterback side of things. And, you know, with Oklahoma, again, with the Big 12, and this is my issue with the Big 12, they don't play defense. And they just defeated Texas Tech 51-46. to So you talk about quarterback play and, you know, the connection – that, like Kyler Murray, obviously, with Oklahoma. So we look at the other side of things, West Virginia. And West Virginia has Will Greer. And West Virginia has somebody who, you know, people say Heisman when they talk about Will Greer. Now, West Virginia is 7-1. They had a game canceled against NC State due to a hurricane. So they defeat Tennessee. They defeat In their second game of the season, Youngstown State Penguins, which we all know is a very difficult and formidable foe. I'm I'm sorry. (laughs) I know, I know. Kansas State, and then they defeat Texas Tech. One Texas Tech was ranked in the top 25, barely just inside of it. And they defeated Kansas. They lost to Iowa State, who Oklahoma defeated. They lost to – or then they defeated Baylor. But then they defeated Texas. So here's my confusion. Oklahoma has one loss, West Virginia has one loss. Oklahoma lost to Texas, West Virginia West Virginia beat Texas. Oklahoma beat Ohio- Iowa State, West Virginia lost to Iowa State. So 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 the committee thinks, all right, Oklahoma, you lost to Texas, but you beat Iowa State. So that's better than the reverse of that that West Virginia did. What do you think about that? Should West Virginia be higher than Oklahoma or does it make sense? that they said, okay, Oklahoma, you lost to Texas, who's pretty good, but you beat Iowa State, who's not that great, so let's keep you where we are. Do you do you think they should switch spots or no?
2: Probably not, uh, but, you know, it boggles the mind how the committee thinks. Uh, th- they don't use logic or anything like that. Again, they're looking for dollars and cents. Uh, the Wilburys story is a fascinating story. Uh, coming up, being signed by Florida, of course, and then having a problem with a uh, a positive drug test on some type of uh, supplemental vitamin he was taking. He's a great story. He's a, uh, he's an older man. He's, I think he's 23 by now, 22, 23, he's married, got a child. So he's matured up a lot and he's carrying West Virginia on his back. Uh, West Virginia to me is a better story than Oklahoma right now. Uh, the West Virginia, Texas game, man, what a game that was. My goodness. Um, He's, he's everything. He's, he's everything that he's advertised to be, just like Tyler Murray is. It's a very difficult situation because both teams have Heisman Trophy uh, candidates running their teams. It's very difficult to fit. Right now, I would say West Virginia has a little bit of an edge over Oklahoma. Neither team can play defense that well, that's for sure. That's for sure. But I think West Virginia plays a little bit better defense than Oklahoma does right now. So I give the edge to West Virginia.
1: So let me throw this at you. Here with Papa Joe's Picks inside of Wake Up Call with Dan Satora in the first hour of every Thursday broadcast. We like to have Papa Jay on the show and having some fun. Papa Jay's down in Florida. So before I say what I'm about to say, dare I ask this, but people in Central and Upstate New York can live vicariously through you. What is the weather like right now? I know I'm going to be mad, and I get that I'm going to be mad, but I have to ask. So what's the weather like down in Florida right now?
2: 81 degrees and partly cloudy.
1: That is that is double. It's pretty much double Syracuse right now. That is an like I so if I'm down there right now, I'm I'm having some breakfast. I'm having cinnamon toast crunch with some fresh fruit on top and then I'm going swimming in the pool right now. That's
2: correct. The pool water is at a nice balmy 82 degrees which is still good enough for swimming. You're gonna run
1: around in your shorts and your flip flops and not worry about anything, Daniel. Papa Joe, you know, I, I I woke up this morning with a smile on my face, and now I'm and now I'm a little bit sad. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a little bit sad this morning. But so down in Florida, down you know, it, before we get back to a point that I have here, when you brought up the quarterbacks and whatnot. You're Gators. You're a Florida Gator, and Syracuse fans, they love the orange and blue. The Gators are orange and blue as well, and Florida is ranked 15th in the college football playoff rankings. They have three losses. They've done some good things this year. Uh, they started off the season by beating Charleston Southern. Then they went on from there. They they lost to Kentucky, who turned out to be a pretty good team inside the SEC. And In general, they defeated Colorado State at Tennessee at Mississippi State with Dan Mullen's return to his old team. They defeated LSU and LSU was ranked 5th in the nation. They dropped them to 12. They defeated Vanderbilt on the road, but they've lost in back-to-back weeks by pretty by almost exactly the same score, ironically. They lost to Georgia, who's ranked 7th in the country at the time, 36 to 17, and then lost to unranked Missouri 38 to 17. So, where do you think the Gators are right now? And did you ever think that they had a shot at having maybe like a one-loss season, or is this kind of where you anticipated that they'd be? They are bowl eligible, but in order to get a good bowl game, they're going to have to obviously put some work in these last three weeks.
2: No, they don't deserve to be. Actually, they deserve to be lower than what they are. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I told you that Florida just doesn't match up well with Georgia. Georgia controlled the line of scrimmage uh, like, like they uh, Kentucky did against Florida. Uh, Florida's quarterbacking situation is really, really shaky. Uh, Franks, Felipe Franks, it's a five-star athlete coming out of college or high school, but it hasn't really progressed that much. Mullen is kind of disappointed that he hasn't brought Franks along more. Uh, Franks can't carry a team the way uh, Greer and Murray can for these other teams that we talked about. He just doesn't have the talent or maybe he's just, he's lacking some things in his brain there, but, uh, they have another big, strong arm, tall, big, strong arm quarterback, Kyle Trask, that took over for Frank's last week in the Missouri game, and unfortunately, uh, yesterday he got injured with a non-contact uh, injury. Uh, probably took a bad step, maybe twisted his knee a little bit. I don't have any more information on that. So Coach Mullen uh, really doesn't have a quarterback wonder anymore. If if Kyle uh, Kyle Trask is hurt, he's got to go with Frank's. Uh, they have a freshman uh, on their. Roster, but uh he's you don't throw a freshman uh, into the mix of the sec unless you're someone like trevor lawrence from uh clemson uh who was in the acc but you know they're they're florida has serious problems and uh they're not going to go anywhere and they they were ranked too high to begin with uh after being an lsu even though it was a good it was a good uh, uh win they were just flat as can be against uh missouri at home uh terrible loss demoralizing loss uh mullen really has to reach back try to get these kids back up and pull them through because they're playing south carolina who certainly is no cupcake uh going to be a tough game florida is is in for a a tough rest of the year and and even though they got to play south carolina they got fsu coming up which is always uh, a rivalry and uh, you know if they're seven and four or six and five or seven and four you know that's I guess that's a good season right now. Uh, other than that, I don't have much more to say about them. They, I think they're ranked a little bit higher than where they deserve. Uh, I think they're thirteenth or something. A three thought a three loss team. It, no, I don't agree with that. Uh, I hate to say it, but my Gators need to be uh, a little bit lower than that.
1: That coming from Papa Joe inside of the College Football Talk this morning. Papa Joe's picks on Wake Up Call with Dan Tutorial. You're listening on Wake Up Call DT dot com's homepage. And directly on the live stream, mixlr.com backslash wake up call dt. We're here every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Papa Joe, to to look at the quarterbacks, I want to get back to you and made a, a statement about you know it's money, it's it's dollars when you're trying to figure out these teams and maybe you know they're all close in the grand scheme of things. I'm going to ask you this question: Shea Patterson, <clears throat> who's Michigan? Dwayne Haskins, Jr., Ohio State. Kyler Murray, Oklahoma, Will Greer, West Virginia. If you could only have one of them in the college football playoffs, Shea Patterson, Dwayne Haskins, Kyler Murray, or Will Greer, who would you want to watch in that of those four quarterbacks this year? Oh, Kyler Murray,
2: hands down. Kids fantastic, fabulous. He reminds me of Russell Williams, uh, Russell Wilson. Got a great arm. Actually, he reminds me a lot about uh, the, uh, Baker Mayfield. Uh, He's not a very big guy. He's, he's certainly he's a wonderful athlete. He can score from anywhere on the field. He's got an arm. He's got a he can scramble. He can run. He can do anything. Uh, he reminds me, and it really again I say it again. It reminds me a lot of Mayfield, and Mayfield is going to be fine in the in the pros. I'm not too worried about that. is has, has chosen a different path. He wants to play baseball, so you know what kind of athlete he is. Uh, if you're three touchdowns behind. With Oklahoma and you got Kyler Murray on your team, you still got a chance to win the game. He's a very electric player. He's he's got a very good chance of of, of winning the uh, uh, the Heisman Trophy. So, uh, with that being said, I really like Tyler Murray more, more than uh, the other ones you mentioned.
1: Georgia, another team in the grand scheme of things here. Georgia is fifth. They are just outside of the college football playoff top four. You got to be in the top four to play inside of the college football playoff. They have Auburn Auburn at home, who is now ranked. So they weren't ranked for a while. Auburn is back at 24. Then they play UMass. Then they play Georgia Tech. All of those games are at home. Georgia has this beautiful, lucked-out schedule that they played the last three weeks of the regular season at home. Only one of those teams is ranked, and they just got ranked in Auburn. And then you know, it's decided that they will have the SEC championship game going up against Alabama. So thoughts on this because it seems like Georgia is in a prime position to, I mean, they're home for three straight games. They went out, they're 11-1 before the SEC championship game. Do they bump out Michigan or bump out Ohio State or bump out in Oklahoma or West Virginia if they go 11-1 and because it seems like they're kind of set up to have a surge at the end of the season, and everybody would love to have three home games to round out the regular season. So what do you think about the Georgia Bulldogs?
2: They're tough. Uh, Boy, when they went up to Kentucky and and pushed those guys around, remember that uh, Florida lost a game at Kentucky, and Kentucky just just dominated both lines of scrimmage. And Georgia did the same thing to Kentucky that Kentucky did to Florida and that Georgia did to Florida. So, you know, Georgia's tough. They're a, a mean football team. Grind it out, uh, big, tough, strong guys. Great coach, um, but you know, so they go undefeated. The, the three teams that you mentioned and are 11 and one, and then they got to play. Then they got to play Alabama for the uh, SEC championship. Now, in this grand scheme of things, if Georgia beats Alabama, you know, now you're talking about two strong SEC teams with only one loss and both of them probably will be in the uh, in the final four. Of course, if Alabama beats Georgia, Georgia has two losses, and they should not be considered to be part of the four. But there's always a scenario, no, though, that, that that Georgia could, could beat Alabama, and both teams would be in the final four just like last year.
1: So we sit where we sit right now. Alabama 1, Clemson 2, Notre Dame 3, Michigan 4 at the moment. Georgia's right outside of that. And then there's Oklahoma, LSU, Washington State, West Virginia, Ohio State. The only other team I haven't mentioned in the top ten, and it's because I, and it's seriously, it's no offense to this team whatsoever. I just don't, I'm not wowed by any stretch of the imagination of the the, the Pac-12. And when it comes to the college football playoff, what do you think about the fact that it almost seems like the committee feels like they need to have a Pac-12 team? They have an SEC. They, it's S. Okay, this is the top ten how it is right now. It's SEC, ACC, independent, and Notre Dame, Big Ten, SEC again, Big Twelve, and then SEC again, Pac Twelve. So you get all your Power Five, your Autonomous Five in there, and then you have a West Virginia's Big Big Twelve, and then Ohio State's Big Ten. What do you think about the Washington State factor? Do you think that the committee is showing too much love to the Pac Twelve? You know, do they need to have one in there? They defeated Wyoming. And then from there, they took down San Jose State. They beat Eastern Washington, who ironically Syracuse just beat on the basketball court, mind you. They lost to USC, who was unranked. Then they defeated Utah at Oregon State. Oregon, who was ranked. Stanford, who was ranked. Cal, they just defeated 19-13. to I don't see anything about Washington State that makes me think college football playoff. But what do you think about the fact that they're in the top ten?
2: Uh, they're weak, you know, but... Coach Leach is a, is an offensive mastermind, and he's the kind of guy that, with uh, the rest of these teams, they can run up and down the field and score forty five and fifty points in a heartbeat. They had a they stumbled up last week and just barely won, but uh, you know, again, you you have to look at the economic visibility here of uh, of the of the the scenario that we're talking about is that if you want a West Coast team to play in the Final Four. You're going to pull in all those fans from the West Coast that are going to watch these games, and the TV networks are going to go crazy, and the advertising dollars are going to go nuts. So they're in there because they're a good team. Uh, Whether they'll be considered for the top four, probably marginally not. But, you know, this committee, they don't don't think logically all the time. They're thinking dollars and cents. Believe me, if they can fit Washington State into the Final Four and pull in the West Coast dollars, they'll do it.
1: Yeah, you know, that, that. the thing is, ultimately, it should about it should be about the teams. It should be about what they're doing, how they're doing it, how do they look up against everybody else. But like you said, you know, people look at the money side of things and see, you know, is it going to be better for us to put this team in instead of that team? Can we sell more tickets? Can we take care of this, that, and the other? So that is something that comes up in the grand scheme of things. Before we talk about Syracuse football, because we got to do that, Papa Joe here in College Football Talk this morning on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora. I didn't mention this and I feel like I have to. You have a really tough game as a Florida Gator fan in the second to last week of the season. Florida State's had this game in recent history too. You have to play Idaho. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's
2: got another cupcake, Dan. What can I tell you? So, they'll, you know, if they're 7-4 or 8-3, it's because of the cupcakes. It's not because they played well against good teams. <laughs> I don't even know what I don't even know where Idaho is. A, it can't be in Boise, if it's got Boise State. I don't even know what their nickname is, so whatever. They're probably getting a million dollars to come over here to play.
1: Well, and that's the thing that's, that's crazy about it is they get paid for that. The, they're called the Idaho Vandals, and the Idaho <laughs> Vandals play in the Big Sky Conference. So that, that is the team that you're going up against. This Now, Idaho, obviously, this is a few years back, but they went to play at Florida State in Tallahassee, second to last game of the season, because the really good teams out there, or the teams that have respect, they get to schedule their second to last game of the season to make a push and to really show what they're capable of. They just beat the hell out of a team 60-7 to 7 or 70-7 to 7 or something like that. So Idaho is that team, and now they'll be playing... Florida and you know I mean if I'm Idaho yeah you get money that's great but I don't know if I would want to be the ragdoll of college football I mean I I don't know if it like if you're scheduling and actually and like with Syracuse that's kind of like how Notre Dame feels is you know in the past and then this year it's the second to last game of the season so Syracuse has been treated like that ragdoll like hey give us Syracuse, the second-to-last game of the season, so he can make a push make and show the committee something really, really good right before we play maybe you know a rivalry game and then and then play in our championship. So what do you think about that? Because Florida's on the right side of it, but there's teams like Idaho that they get paid to play these games. So even if they lose, they get $800,000 or $1 million, $3 million, whatever it may be. What do you think about those games? Do you like or dislike so late in the season having a cupcake that you just annihilate with not much effort at all? What do you think about that scenario?
2: There, there's no place for it in Dallas scheduling. Uh, it is going to cost Florida a lot of money to to bring Idaho over here to play. Um, let's put it this way: the swamp, which holds over ninety thousand people, will not be at full staff for that one. They're not going to. I wouldn't be surprised if there's eighty percent of the 93,000 are going to go. Uh, it's the, the, you know too many the, the the kids are playing too many games this time of year as it is. You know, they're still students, you know. They still have to go to class. Now what good is what good is it to bring the student athletes from Idaho who got to travel two time zones in a charter plane. I don't even know if they have a charter plane on Idaho. They, prob-
1: they probably they probably bus it or they horse and buggy it there.
2: <laughs> right. So you know you're taking kids away from the classroom and come all the way across the the, the country to get your behind beat. Then they got to turn around and go all the way back because they're whipped and they're tired and they they miss out maybe on some some classes. So I, I don't I don't I don't agree with the cupcakes. Uh, it's the same with the college basketball the same way. Uh, but you know if if Alabama is Fourteen and one, or thirteen and one, and played a couple of cupcakes. No one cares. But if Florida does, uh, played a couple of cupcakes and is seven and three, it may sort of magnifies things a little bit more. Uh, I don't think there's a place for it. Uh, I commend, I commend the smaller schools for scheduling these guys because they can make money. That's what it is. It's money.
1: Yeah, well, it is. It's 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 those dollars. And the thing for Syracuse last year is that they brought in. This is nuts. They brought in, and I think they paid eight hundred thousand dollars to Middle Tennessee. They go, we're going to play Middle Tennessee. You know, second week of the season, they're not going to beat us. Then they ended up having to hand a check to a team that came into their stadium and beat them. And that is the ultimate slap in the face. To say, okay, we're gonna give you eight hundred thousand dollars, and you just embarrassed us at home. So the scenario it works, except for when it doesn't. And for me, how do you, I mean? How do you do that? And I guess I'm trying to think of an analogy that would make sense in that respect. Almost like, okay, let's say there's a there's a wing eating, or let's say there's a best wing contest in in Syracuse, New York. And so you're, you know, Bob's restaurant and then there's Sally's restaurant and Bob's restaurant says to Sally, we need one more team to be in this thing. And so we're, you know, we'll give you $10,000 to be a part of this because we just had somebody drop out last minute. We have to have 35 teams and then Sally ends up winning. So you have to pay Sally $10,000 after she just made you look like a fool, that's a horrible thing to have to do, Papa Joe. its I mean, it's, you roll the dice and 99.9% of the time you win, but the time that you don't, like Syracuse, can you imagine after the game cutting a check and handing it to Middle Tennessee after they just walloped you in front of your fans?
2: That's right. That's embarrassing. You're right. I remember, was it a couple years ago, that was at Appalachian State beat Michigan or something like that? One of those... Uh was supposed to be a cupcake game, but we know that Appalachian State's a better football team than that. There's not a lot of cupcakes that are going to win. I did, was it Troy last year that, that beat LSU or the year before? So, you know, these mid-level teams are not as weak as you think they are. If you're looking for a cupcake, you got to go a lot lower than that.
1: That coming from Papa Joe inside a college football talk in the first hour today of Wake Up Call with Dan Satorra. We are proud that you're listening in. You can find us on Facebook at Wake Up Call DT, Twitter at Call DT, and Instagram at Wake Up Call underscore DT. Papa jo- Papa Joe, before I let you go, we have two things that we have to take care of. That's talking about Syracuse, and then moving forward from there, talking about Syracuse. And and then and then uh, getting into some of our picks for this week inside of college football. So Syracuse is seven and two. Syracuse is ranked, and this is my grandfather. When everybody talks about signs, my grandfather Tommy, love you, pop in heaven. He his favorite number was thirteen. He took a negative and turned it into a positive. The what the world's largest painter knew how to get it done, and so so he he loves number thirteen. And Syracuse hasn't been ranked you know, in multiple polls and whatnot in 17 years. So Syracuse is 13th in the college football playoff rankings, 13th in the AP, 13th in the coaches poll. So if that is not my grandfather, I don't know what is. What do you think about the fact that Syracuse is just outside of the top 10 in the college football playoff, the AP And the coaches poll, they are sitting in a place right now where they rose like nine spots in one poll last week. Or I'm sorry, they rose nine spots in the AP from last week to this week and then 11 spots in the coaches poll. They rose six spots in the college football playoff rankings. The committees of all of these, the the media, the coaches, and the college football playoff committee, they all like Syracuse right now. What do you think about the fact of them being ranked 13th in every major poll?
2: I think it's wonderful. Uh, it's great to be an man. You know, several weeks ago when we talked about this, when Clemson, they almost beat Clemson, I thought they should have been ranked because they lost to Clemson. That's how good I thought they were. And, of course, whipping up on Florida State was easy. Uh, they, they deserve where they are. They got a really strong, super arm quarterback. Now, sometimes he doesn't make the best decisions, but he's uh, he's probably going to be a late first-round, second-round pick. Big, tall, strong guy and frankly uh, they'll go as far as Dungy can take them and i don't look for them to to slip up the rest of the uh, the rest of the year uh, i think they, they they're deserved of their of their ranking and i think that they're going to wind up with a major bowl
1: and the better they do the more sure that the bowl game will be in the south so there's a, there's a lot to be had down in the southern area that you could send me to in December or January would be beautiful. And even though I know it's not a major bowl, I am not opposed to going to Honolulu in December. (laughs) Right. Well, you can come down to the old
2: Tangerine Bowl. I don't know what they call that, uh, that game now, but it used to be the Tangerine Bowl in Orlando, so that'd be all right.
1: Yeah, there's some, there's some great bowls that are going on and, and some great opportunities down there. Syracuse, 7-2. and two. They have three games left. They will be facing off against Louisville, and I said that Louisville would have a struggling season without Lamar Jackson. Uh, oh, my if, gosh,
2: did Clemson just whip up on them? Boy, that was tough to watch. But I had to watch it because it was fun watching Clemson run up and down the field. And, and
1: can we say this about Clemson? Since they almost lost to Syracuse, 27-23 at home, they must have been so pissed. And so everybody around the country's got to be mad at Syracuse right now. They must have been so pissed that they almost lost that game because this is what they've done in the last 4 weeks. At Wake Forest, 63 to 3. NC State, 41 to 7. Florida State, 59 to 10. Louisville, 77 to 16. They have literally legitimate without question after almost losing to Syracuse, they have played angry, they have played pissed, and every team in their wake is getting, you know, every single ship is flipping over right now. What do you think about that? That it almost looks like after they had that tight one with Syracuse, they just had to take it out on everybody else. Well,
2: there's certainly there's two reasons. One is that syracuse is a better football team than they thought they were uh that clemson thought they were and we've talked about this the last couple of weeks is i don't care who they put three and four. it's going to be alabama and clemson in the national championship game they can flip-flop three and four around west coast east coast uh central big ten whatever you know it's still going to be clemson and alabama in a championship game uh, I, I frankly i can't wait to see a game like that um i just hope it comes to fruition
1: yeah, I mean, hopefully, you know, we're looking at something, uh, you know, really special for some of these teams out there. But obviously, for Syracuse, doing what they do, it's the final game in the Carrier Dome for guys like Eric Dungey and Antoine Cordy, and you know, a lot of these guys that I covered for a long time that uh, I have a lot of respect for and a lot of and a lot of care for uh, Dante Strickland. So it's 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 going to be you know probably the greatest goodbye because the team is seven and two, and this. And and these seniors went through having Scott Schaefer's coaching staff, losing them, they recruited them in, then they were losing, they were four and eight, then they were four and eight, then they were four and eight. So this senior class can put themselves up with any senior class out there that went through the trenches and went through hell and now they get to reap the benefits of it. They will have a winning season for the first time since two thousand and thirteen, but none of the guys, you know, not necessarily were were there for that. So what do you think about the Eric Dungey's of the world they get to get in front of the fans one more time this season in Syracuse, New York and, and 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 just celebrate the fact that it's been a long time coming but you know it's they they say nice nice guys finish last and I have you know I go with a different route and I've actually said this to somebody recently nice guys don't finish last nice guys finish first it's just a longer race and if that makes any sense Syracuse would make sense in that analogy.
2: I agree with it. It's going to be a great day for the seniors. Uh, They certainly deserve it, as you said. Uh, I I don't. I don't look for them to slip up. I think that uh, uh, Babers is going to keep his team sharp. And we've talked about this before too. Syracuse's record could very easily be ten and two or eleven and two by the end of the year, and uh, you know they could lose their coach. So you know, Coach Babers has got a lot to do. He's got a lot to keep his kids up, but he's got a good veteran team. With a strong quarterback, and uh, I look for them to carry
1: forward. Absolutely, and uh, absolutely. So, with that being said, Syracuse got a game against Louisville. I said they'd struggle this year without Lamar Jackson in a rebuilding year. They didn't struggle. They they have been they uh, horrid, just absolutely. And and you'll hear from Bobby Petrino. And Dino Babers on tomorrow's show in the segment significant sound bites you'll hear from Babers and Petrino, and you know Petrino's the guy that keeps getting brought up on the hot seat when he came back to Louisville and they're doing well. That's the thing about college football, though, is that you have one season that you anticipate is going to be a rebuilding year. You anticipate it's going to be tough. You anticipate it's going to be tumultuous. Yet they still want to fire you. And what do you think about that, Bobby Petrino? At Louisville, all this conversation of, yeah, he's going to get fired. Who cares? Do you agree or disagree with that notion that Bobby Petrino would be out in Louisville knowing that this was supposed to be a rebuilding year? This is supposed to be a time where the team was going to struggle. I thought they'd win five or six games. They've done worse than that. But since coming back to Louisville, Bobby Petrino has been 9-4, and 8-5, and 9-4, and 8-5. and So... Do you fire them after a year where they're not going to have a winning season?
2: No, no. Bobby Tritrino is a, the first-class offensive coach. Uh, it, it it goes to show you how far a college quarterback can carry a team. Uh, you mentioned Lamar Jackson. Well, Lamar Jackson carried Louisville for two years. Now he's not there. And Petrino, uh, I don't know who he's got uh, coming up in the pipeline, but uh, it, it shows you that you need a top-flight quarterback to win in big-time college football, all the teams that we talk about today, most of them have a top-flight quarterback that are going to carry him. And Petrino needs to find that guy. If he's not already on the on the roster, maybe he's got someone coming up, but he needs to uh, sign one. So, uh, Petrino will be all right. You know, he he'll he'll uh, he'll get his offensive mind going again with a better team and a good quarterback. So, you know, he's he's all right
1: that coming from Papa Joe. We got to make our picks Papa Joe as we head out of our morning segment on Thursday mornings about college football. So, let's jump into some of these games that we have on the docket speaking here with Papa J this morning and for the now now I'm excited about this week. And and obviously as we get closer and closer to, you know, what's going down, it's going to be fun. Syracuse has Friday night lights. Louisville at Syracuse, ESPN two. It's going to be on at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. We will be pre-gaming. Rob Drummond, Syracuse Orange football alum and one of my closest friends, one of the best people that I know. Rob and I will be at the Press Room Pub on on 220 Herald Place in historic Herald Square in Syracuse, New York. You come pre-game with us at five o'clock. Have some fun. Get some drinks. Grab some food. Be around. I mean, last time we were there, we had over 200 people there. Insane, packed wall to wall. I could barely get. To where we had to get to to set up the show. And so we're excited, and looking forward to that happening again, if not bigger, at the press room pub. So we'll see you on Friday. They're also doing a pig roast that day from 2 to 7 p.m. So come for the pig roast, come hang out and check it out. Massive, I mean, massive pig roast. So come to the pig roast Friday, 2 to 7 p.m at the Press Room Pub, come see us at 5, and then you go right up to the Dome, and you'll be at the game at 7 o'clock. So, Louisville at Syracuse, let's start there. Friday night lights inside of the Dome. Is there any thought that Louisville could could get one over on the Cuse, or is Syracuse going to, dare I say it, maybe, maybe rise to the top 10 in the nation?
2: (laughs) No, there's no way they trip up here. As I said earlier, Babers will have them ready to go. Uh, and and it's—I wish I was there for some of that. I would love to dr- uh, fly up and sit with you on a, th- those occasions. Uh, the dome will be rocking. Uh, I, I don't—I don't look for the seniors to, to trip up at all. So it looks Syracuse to just romp on this one.
1: Yeah, I got Syracuse in this one as well. And, and Papa Joe, anytime you want to come up here and, and sit with me inside of the dome, it, it ain't no question. So you just let uh, me know. So. <laughs> Ohio State, Michigan State, any danger zone here for Ohio State who's trying to make a case?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Michigan State is a formidable opponent. Uh, we've seen in the past that Ohio State uh, got tripped up and can get tripped up. So uh, I, I don't know if Urban Myers uh, uh, can get his team playing, but they have an extraordinary quarterback. But th- this this game is not to be overlooked. This game is, is, is a serious, could be a serious problem for Ohio State. And. After saying that, I think I, I really do like, just barely like uh, Michigan State a little bit in this game.
1: I, see this is tough for me. I'm going to go with Ohio State, but I know, I want because I want Ohio State to push this thing with Michigan. I want there to be a case that either one of them can make college football playoff. So I'm going to lean a little bit on Ohio State in this one, but I know for a fact, and so do you, Papa Joe, if they lose this game, there's no chance in hell that they are going to be in the college football playoff. They're already out of favor somewhat, and, and there's there's no hope for them if this was going to end the way, you know, if it's going to end on the side of Michigan State. So I'll give them a little bit, and I'll say Ohio State, but this is a danger zone to them. Mm-hmm. Next game up, we have South Carolina at Florida. What do we have for for the South Carolina Gamecocks going up against the Florida Gators at home in Gainesville?
2: Well, we got Will Muschamp, who used to be the coach of Florida for four years, coming back to the swamp uh, as the coach of South Carolina. Um, you know, talent-wise, both both teams are about even. Uh, I think. South Carolina has a better quarterback, and Florida's struggling right now with their quarterback. I, I, you know, I gotta go with my heart here. I say that Florida wins the game because they're at home. But it, this is to me, it's a it's a pick 'em game. It's a toss up game. But and it, just because they're home, playing in the swamp, uh, I think gives Florida a slight advantage, and Florida really needs it. I mean, for them to be seven three, maybe eight and three before they play Florida State, it's big for them. So they really, really, really need this game.
1: I'm going to go with Florida in this game as well, and you know, see what they can do from here. They do have the outside the outside opportunity of being nine and three, which would be a tremendous season. in Dan Mullins first go at it. The next game that I want to throw at you here is Mississippi State over against Alabama. Rotad, Rotad. So, what do we think about this one?
2: This is a, this is a potentially another trip up game, but you know, talent wise, defensively, these teams are absolutely astonish, astonishing. Uh, Mississippi's defensive front and Alabama's defensive front are two of the best you're going to see in the country. They're going to have high draft choices from both teams on the the Mississippi uh, State and and Alabama side. Um, Obviously, talent-wise, Alabama should win easily, but it could be a a really good, good defensive game. We talk about uh, Tua not being able to play in the fourth quarter. Uh, Last week, Tua played the fourth quarter. So look this game too. look for Tua to play in this fourth quarter, even though Alabama is going to be favored and probably will win, but Tua is going to be playing in this fourth quarter because it's going to be closer than people think.
1: Tua took off for a run. One of my favorite names. I just like Hawaiian names. One of my favorite names in college football, Tua Tagovailoa. And so he ran for a touchdown this past week. And he, you see like the, the brace that he was wearing on his knee and then he was limping afterward and just seems to have some discomfort. Any worries about about Tua moving forward? You know, if you're an Alabama fan, do you feel like they should have concerns that yeah, this season has the makings of something great? But you know, when you see him limp a little bit and already wearing a brace, what what are your thoughts on on Tua in that situation? Well, Tua
2: has two extraordinary traits. Number one, he's got a hell of an arm. Number two, he can think quick. And when you're running around in the, in the backfields, and you've got gigantic guys chasing you all over the place, and you move around like Aaron Rodgers does with his feet moving around. The, the kid's got great instincts. Uh, uh, just just those two traits alone will allow him to win. He doesn't need to run. I mean, he, he, he can if he needs to, but he doesn't need to sprint 30 yards down the field and, and maybe look to get killed by a Mississippi State uh, defensive back or something. I, I think uh, Coach... Uh, coach Saban is probably going to say, you know, to take care of the ball, scores 30 points quick, and then we'll take you out. So I, I don't see that being an issue, an issue.
1: I'm going with Bama in this one as well. The last game that I want to hit is, well, there's two games. So, oh, no, there's three. I keep lying. So Auburn at, Auburn at Georgia, what do you think about this one? Georgia, is like I said, they're home for the last three weeks, but – Auburn's ranked in the top twenty-five now, and they like to play spoiler to things. So, what do you think about this game?
2: No, uh, Auburn played a great game against Texas A&M last week. Great, great game. Uh, uh, this is this is a pick'em game to me. Uh, you know, Georgia's going to be heavily favored, but this is not a this is not a pushover game for Georgia. Auburn is a formidable opponent. They're in the SEC West. You know, this is not easy. Georgia wins, but not by a lot.
1: I'm going to go with Georgia in this game as well. I'm going to agree with you. Papa Joe, I think George is on a mission to try and surge back as they were in the college football playoff and bounce themselves out. Now they're trying to bounce back in. Florida State at Notre Dame. Florida State's been up, down, and around the corner, but Notre Dame is going to be without their starting quarterback. Book is not going to be back there to take that snap. So thoughts on this game. Any danger for Notre Dame?
2: Yeah, there is, just because Florida State is Florida State. I'm looking for this team to wake up. I, I, I'm really looking for this, this team to do something. Uh, they've got a couple of quarterbacks that they can flip-flop around. Uh, they, you know, they're going to go up there with a purpose, and this is probably going to be a nationally televised game, too. Uh, but, you know, Notre Dame should be the favorite, probably a heavy favorite. Florida State probably will play him close for a while, but you know Notre Dame's going to win a game. I just wish that Florida State would play a little bit better.
1: Um, I mean I, get, I I would say that you know you'd like to see Florida State potentially play spoiler. Notre Dame can't lose a game because they're not in a conference and there's no conference championship. They have to win out and they have to play Florida State. They have to play Syracuse Yankee Stadium and then they'll be at USC. So not an easy road for them. I'm going to give Notre Dame the slight edge, but again, they have to stay perfect. Clemson at Boston College is the final one here. B.C. is a good team. And if we look at the standings right now, Clemson is one in the Atlantic Division of the ACC at 6-0. and B.C. is two at 4-1. and Syracuse is three at 4-2. and So B.C. is playing Clemson as that only team that's above them in the Atlantic Division. They have... The defense, they have the offensive line. They have Anthony Brown at quarterback. They have A.J. Dillon, who the rest of the media and I agreed was the preseason ACC player of the year at running back. Thoughts on Clemson at Boston College. This game is at 8 p.m. on ABC this coming Saturday Eastern time, and that is Saturday, November 10th. What do you think about Clemson-Boston College?
2: Well, you're damn right that Boston College is a good team. They got it all. But they haven't faced anyone like Clemson. This is a, this is another game where it could be a possible trip up. But Dabo Sweenley, again, you know, one of the, the psychologically gifted uh, coaches, will will have his team ready to play. I don't think that Boston College is going to face the defensive uh, front that Clemson is going to uh, offer. Uh, you know, Boston College will move the ball probably, but I don't look for them to score a lot uh, I think Clemson wins the game rather easily, frankly.
1: I think that this is going to be an interesting game. And I think that this is going to be a tough game. I'm not going to be surprised if Boston College wins. I'm going to ultimately pick Clemson, but this could be a game. What concerns me is Clemson's retaliation on the rest of the world after that Syracuse game that they almost lost in Death Valley because they haven't lost a game in Death Valley since 2016. So I look at that and say, okay, I think they're going to win. But Boston College, you know, they've been they've been knocking knocking on the door of the Florida States and the Clemsons and maybe getting those wins. They're not an easy team to play. They make it interesting. They make it fun. So I'm going to pick Clemson, but I really, 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 really hope that when there's two minutes, three minutes left in this game that it's still a game. With that being said, Papa Joe inside of Papa Joe's Picks. As always, every Thursday morning, Papa Jay, you know I love you to pieces. Thank you for being a part of the show, as always. And, you know, I will be at Chick-fil-A for a live show today. So on behalf of you and Miss Mary, I will have some Chick-fil-A for you.
2: Good. Eat yourself into total insensibility. Don't worry about
1: that. That's my quote of the day. Eat yourself into total insensibility. I love it. That's right. That's a good quote. I appreciate it. I'll talk with you soon. Bye. Take care. That coming from Papa Jay, always, always awesome, and uh, always appreciate him being a part of the show. So our picks are in, and we definitely went with each other on the majority. Of That it is going to be time for fantasy football, the fantasy football power hour, which always turns into the power hours. We always go over and that's proudly presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub and the Pen and Trophy Center. Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame, fantasy is going to be hanging out with me for week 10 advice. Get your pen and pad ready. If you're playing fantasy football daily or you're in a league or whatever it may be. This is the time for you to go get your pen, go get your paper, not a pencil. Because we believe in what we say. So it's pen time. So get it ready. Have it ready to go. We will be here for you to help you in week 10. Coming up in just a few moments, Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame Fantasy and your guy right here, Dan Totora. Happy Thursday morning, TGIT. It'll never be TGIF. No matter what ABC tries to do with Grey's Anatomy, it's never going to work. It's crazy. I mean, who watches Grey's Anatomy? I'm kidding. What is it? Twenty years old now? Isn't that insane? When like ER would just never every year they would threat ER is going to go off in year number thirteen. ER is going to not last for seventeen, and they would just keep going. They would keep going. And Grey's Anatomy is there's. I mean, I can't. I can't wrap my head around how many seasons Great Grey's Anatomy has had. Yet they somehow have been around forever. So it, it, the only thing that I can say about this world is if Grey's Anatomy can last two decades, why didn't you do it for Boy Meets World? Let's take a step aside here for a fast break. We'll be back with fantasy football and the NFL in just a moment.
0: This is a week of call fast break. This is Jimmer Sikowski, owner-operator of Chick-fil-A Cicero, 7916 Brewerton Road in Cicero, right in front of the Home Depot. I had a deep feeling that God wanted me to do something bigger with my life and to help people, help others. I kept putting Chick-fil-A in my life and I realized as I was going through the franchise selection process that uh, positively impacting the lives of others was really core to what we do here at Chick-fil-A. First of all, it starts with the food. The food is brought in fresh daily and we bring in local produce.
1: Get Hilton quality service at the most affordable price at True by Hilton Camillus, located right next to Costco in Township 5. True by Hilton Camillus offers you their signature sport court where you can enjoy basketball, volleyball, pickleball, soccer, lacrosse, and more year-round in their indoor facility. For reservations and information, call 315-314-8676. That's 315-314-8676. True by Hilton Camillus. Hilton
2: quality service at the most affordable price.
1: Utica Pizza Company spells family. Your family. My family Call them and place your order at 315-214-3060. That's 315-214-3060. Families break bread at Utica Pizza Company. Thank you so much for tuning in to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, this being episode 203 of 2018 Alone. I want to give a big shout-out to Papa Joe. Much love, College Football Talk, every Thursday to start off the broadcast I appreciate love and love Papa Joe. Appreciate you for listening in and hope you continue to listen and know that you will right here on wakeupcalldt.podbean.com, tune in radio, iTunes podcast, Google Play, as well as the Apple app, Player FM, the RSS feed and so much more. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it very much so. God bless